and you're with Julian on the Brown Note, a review of The Invisible Man, which, um, like Bloodshot, uh, it came out in the cinemas for, I think, three weeks, and then all the cinemas shut. This one, however, did very well indeed. Cost seven million to make, and in three weeks it did 124 million. It's one of the biggest films of the year. It's a production by Jason Blum of Blumhouse Productions, one of um, like A24. They keep releasing very sort of modernist, low-budget films that really grab the zeitgeist. Films like Hereditary. I th- I don't think Hereditary was one of theirs. I think that was A24. Get Out was one of theirs. Um, a lot of them have been horror or modernist takes on sort of horror and supernatural scenes, but they've also done serious films as well. Um, and the director is the Aussie Lee Wannell, who's uh, worked as a co-director and screenwriter with Jason Wan, who did a lot of Saw franchise and uh, some very big budget films. He released his debut film a couple of years ago called Upgrade, another super soldier film, which I thought was fantastic. And I gave that, a re- I think, at least an 8 out of 10. It was a really, really good sci-fi film. Hunt it down, no budget, but God did he do. It looked like it was cost a fortune. Uh, brilliant film. He's come back with The Invisible Man. Now, obviously based on H.G. Wells' story, and obviously it's been made many times, uh, including a visually stunning version um, with Kevin Bacon in it, which was, just was a terrible film, a pretty ugly film. This time around, they were going to um, it was going to be part of a new comic book universe uh, with the Invisible Man and the Mummy. And when the Mummy came out, it got absolutely annihilated and a box office disaster and a, a, just an abysmal film. I think I gave it a two out of ten or something. So the people that own the rights, I think it was Sony, said, um, stuff the hat, you can make it, but make it as a, a standalone individual story. And what they've done is just absolutely wonderful. Um, talk about not needing to make your own new paradigm or, or break down barriers. But they've delivered um, one of the best classic takes on a standard horror sci-fi, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde sort of basic standard fare that feels as fresh as a daisy. Now, this is um, starring, um, the only major star in it is uh, Elizabeth Moss, who's one of the biggest female stars in the world. She's the face from The Handmaid's Tale, basically. Every time you see that poster, that's her, Mad Men, um, and a number of films as well. Very, very high-profile actress. Uh, she stars, and right at the start, I mean, this guy's uh, only second film, but he starts his film very, very well. We're in bed with Elizabeth Moss's character and her husband. We see 3.53 or something on the clock. We see her reach under the bed for, get very tentatively up, and we wonder what's going on. And she reaches sort of under the mattress and takes out the Valium that she's got hidden under the bed. She walks around to her husband's side and the glass of water and shakes it to see that it's been drunk and we see a bit of cloud in there and we know that she's drugged him and the way he establishes this opening very very tense five minutes of the film is magical we learn all we need to know we learn that she's leaving him we learn that she is being so ridiculously quiet it's for very very bad reasons and given the amount of cameras and how quiet she's being and how careful she's being she turns off cameras in the house and so on 
we also get to know that she's in an abusive relationship and that he is an extraordinarily controlling man. And he tells us all this wordlessly and brilliantly in the setup. And I had a lot immediately of him wrapped in this film. I didn't look up any reviews before I saw it. And I thought it was just another sort of the conjuring, but the invisible man. And God, was I wrong. Um, and then we see her escape from this amazing mansion. The whole thing's uh, set around Sydney, but but in America. Um, so I'm curious where this house is, because God, is it an amazing house on the cliffs in the middle of nowhere? It's stunning. She escapes, and we get, a, and she's waiting on the highway for someone to come and pick her up, who ends up being her sister. And for a brief second, the husband appears and smashes through the window, screaming, and that's it. And that's really all we see of him for most of the film. Um, and we know everything about him already. She um, basically goes to stay with a friend uh, who's played by, I think, uh, Storm Reed and his daughter. And they're like a father-son living on their own. And he's a cop. And she's too terrified to even go outside. She makes sure that no one knows where she is. She won't go to the letterbox. So it paints a really vivid picture of how controlling and dangerous this guy is. And we also learn that this guy is a multimillionaire scientist. Uh, and he's been uh, he's a world leader in developed optical science. And um, we learn all of this pretty straightforward. And the film is a masterclass in its progression um we we sort of see that she's living this very closeted life where she's hiding herself and she doesn't want anyone to know where she is but then her sister turns up one day and shows her the news and the news is that her husband has committed suicide and then they go in to meet with the brother and uh the brother is um dismissive of them but says you know you are in the will i'm the executor of this multi-million dollar estate He's given you $5 million and we're paying out 100000 a month. Uh, and, you know, that's it. Then, while she's at home, strange things start happening. And I guess the title of the movie is going to give that part of the film away. And I won't go any further with the plot. Now, this film is a beautifully made film. It's almost perfect. How many times have we seen standard classic tropes like the original uh, Invisible Man story? And you can, you know, you know what's going to happen. You know that the husband isn't hasn't committed suicide. You know that because it's called the Invisible Man. You know that he's a scientist that works in op optics, and the tropes used in it are familiar to us. Yet it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels completely fresh. I had no idea what was coming, even though in retrospect I probably could have worked it all out, but it's presented in a manner that's so fresh. Uh, the music is excellent in it, and it's like in the in the opening there are these massive bass sounds, and it's really unnerving. This isn't a film I would advise women to watch at home by themselves at night. Um, if you've ever had that fear of being at home at late at night and somebody's outside or somebody's in your house, probably shouldn't watch this by yourself. It's really scary. Um, the whole build-up is very, very frightening. And the mastery of tension, even in that opening sequence where she's struggling not to make any noise while she's escaping, is the tension's unbearable. Elizabeth Moss is absolutely magnificent in this film. 
she is becoming, a, I saw one review saying she's the queen of this kind of emotive, broken down woman. Um, she does that very, very well, but it goes beyond just that. And I've seen many films where uh, a woman's escaped a man who's like this. Um, and sometimes they get, you know, there's a male savior, a white knight that comes in and helps them. And they don't progress too far. She goes through the gamut. Not only is what she's put through way worse than I was expecting, it's horrific what she goes through. But her comeback is amazing. Truly, truly wonderful. Um, this is a beautifully directed, simply shot film. Uh, the budget wasn't very high, $7 million, But it, it doesn't matter with this director. He is someone to watch. This is two for two for me. Um, I love the other film he made, which again, I think it had a budget of $3 million. Looks as good as a $50 million movie. This doesn't need to. It makes very good use of the fact that the Invisible Man is a character you can't see. It's not like you had to create Godzilla. But they make really good use of um, of this eeriness of somebody that you can't see being there in the room, uh, which is pretty terrifying. And there are some really scary jumps in it as well. And there are some really twisted moments where you just sort of... I actually went back and replayed them. I was like, you cannot be serious that that just happened. Um, none of the other cast members shine because we spend every frame with Elizabeth Moss dead centre. So other people in it come and go and they're perfunctory and nothing is asked of them because they don't really have much character development they're just sort of holding patterns. It's all about Elizabeth Moss and everything she goes through, which is a lot. Um, I found the effects when they needed were absolutely spot on. I thought the um, this was much more about the direction of a screenplay. And the screenplay unfolds at a perfect methodical place. It doesn't drag for too long and it gets through a lot of ground by the halfway stage and then you're off into unknown territory where you're dealing with a whole new paradigm a whole new world of I, I it could have dragged it on all the sort of unnerving stuff in the house could have dragged for the whole movie but it gives you a, a good fill of that kind of stuff and then it goes for the jugular in a different way than you expect um i thought this was fantastic it's the best film i think i've seen this year that was released this year um, it's a terrifying, suspense-filled film. It uses an obvious story template, but it delivers it in a brilliant way. Elizabeth Moffs is fantastic. The soundtrack is awesome. Who does that? Music by Benjamin Wolfitch. He's very, very good. None of the other characters particularly stand out. None of them are really on screen for more than a few minutes at a time, and then it's sort of back to her on her own. Um, so it does the brother who was the brother I think it was Michael Dorman he's good as the as the brother and we kind of learn that he's um, as much um, abused by his brother the dead brother as um, Elizabeth Moff the wife was um, like the the biggest thing I can say about this movie is how timely it is its main themes are domestic violence and particularly, and most brilliantly of all, in using the trope of the invisible man gaslighting. The fact that she's been in a relationship where the other person has broken her down so completely that she thinks she's crazy, that they then escape and have to deal with the fact that the invisible man is tormenting them is horrible. 
It is a brilliant metaphor for gaslighting. And of course, no one believes her. And of course, he he makes sure that she suffers in her relationships with everyone else. Um, so as far as gaslighting and domestic violence, they use the whole paradigm of the invisible man so brilliantly. Um, I found this a thrilling ride and very, very enthralling to watch and um, satisfying changes in pace exactly when they're needed. Brilliant uh, directorial effort as well. So I'm going to give The Invisible Man probably my favourite new release of the year. In fact, I'm, I'm thinking back on any films that I've given good reviews to and they all probably came out last year. So I'm going to give The Invisible Man 8.5 out of 10, the first great 2020 release film i think i've reviewed this year and what a director to watch lee wannell even with the shutdown in the cinemas he took three weeks to turn a seven billion dollar budget into 124 million dollars and i can see why in a similar it if there was one film that i kind of felt a little bit like the experience of watching parasite in that I was enthralled, it was extremely tense, and I didn't quite know where they were going next. Um, and I really enjoyed that. But instead of having that wide cast of Parasite, you're focused on one woman's face for the entire movie. And she does a brilliant job. So, brilliant film. If you want to scare the living hell out of yourself, uh, probably watch it with someone else. Unbearably tense. The Invisible Man, 2020's first great film, 8.5 out of 10. And... I'm looking at my playlist. Now, this is from around 2000.